Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, what does that look like physically on the earth? Well, here's the next thing. I'll show you two of them to start, actually three. When these seals are opening, here's what you'll see on the earth. Warfare, bloodshed, widespread famine, plagues of all kind, cosmic terrestrial disturbances, including earthquakes. And look at this, stars falling from the sky to the earth. You may have heard of people who hate Christians so much that they wish for all of those Bible thumpers to not be around anymore. They want to be able to be free to do whatever they want without any reminders of an alternative morality, God's morality. Pastor Mark will be teaching that those people are going to get their wish someday when Jesus takes his followers out of the earth. You'll learn that those who are left behind will be glad to see the believers gone but won't understand why they were removed. You'll find out what God has in store for the people left on earth, and it won't be good. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he begins his message, Good News During the Worst Time on Earth. We are mostly in the book of Revelation, so you need a Bible, and it's the last book of the Bible. You won't have trouble finding it at all. Just right to the end. There it is, and we'll be in there. Now, let me just share something with you. When I say it, I want you to understand. Satan hates God's word being taught or read or studied, whatever. What is most of the book of Revelation about? Spiritual warfare between Satan and God. And you'll see the unholy trinity and the holy trinity. Let me tell you what happened last week. You, most of you guys weren't here in second service last week. While I was teaching last weekend, I noticed one of the security guys and Pastor Dave got a hold of her attention. I thought maybe someone was acting up over here. So they came over here. What they found was a snake about that big was crawling up here and getting ready to come here just as I was teaching. Now, in the Bible, what does the snake represent? Hello. Here we come, great crowd, 3,000 homes, no power today behind us. And what's it hit? One of our new units. So they're working on it. You know who's behind this? It's not FPL. It's Satan. So I just want you to focus. I know you're doing that. That's okay. Just fan all you want. But keep your mind on the word of God. Amen? Amen. Because when we do that, he's already defeated. He's already defeated. And by the way, if you feel sorry for yourself, anyone want to go down to the Bahamas? 
What a difference, huh? We're going to learn something which I think is fantastic, how God has planned the world's greatest revival. Now, some of you weren't here because of the storm, and we understand all of that. What was interesting, we had people come to the church because none of their churches were open. And so we got to minister to them. So I'm going to give you a very fast but simple summary a little bit of what we talked about to bring all of you that weren't here, although we had a great crowd. So let me just start this way. During the tribulation, the world, these seven years, is going to be ruled by the Antichrist. And he's going to be presiding over a government that he is going to lead. Now, when you go to Revelation 13, we have a clear picture what he has in mind. Now, remember, the Antichrist is a human. He's infilled with demons. He's controlled 100% by Satan. And here's his plan that's going to take place during those seven years for domination of the world. One world government, one world religion, one world economic system. That one world government How many governments do we have in the world? Oh, my goodness. They can't get along. Would you like to go to Britain and see what's happening over there? How about Hong Kong? You see, nobody can get along. But this guy's going to come, and there's going to be peace for the first three and a half years. That one world government will be under him. Then, as you can imagine, there's coming a one world religion. The focus of the one world religion is on one person, the Antichrist. And then there's a one world religion economy. In this one world economy, no one can buy or sell anything without the mark of the beast on their hand or their forehead, 666. And you will buy nothing when that happens. And I'll just remind you of this. If somebody listens to the tapes or watches the DVDs later, going into the tribulation, There are no believers. Every person going into the tribulation is an unbeliever. Because where are the believers? Raptured, gone. So every single person goes in as an unbeliever. Now, they won't understand this, but it's in the Bible, and it's a good thing to warn people. If a person takes the mark of the beast, they'll be forced to take it if they want to buy, if they want food, if they want help, if they want medical help, they will be controlled by that mark of the beast on their hand, on their head. If a person takes that, they have no chance of ever, 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 ever going to heaven. See, people don't understand it. Well, I had to get my kids food. No, find some other way to survive because that will send you to hell forever just because you put that person first. Now, here's what's going to happen. The Antichrist isn't alone, but you want to see this. During the tribulation, evil will flourish through the unholy trinity, the devil, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. Exactly opposite of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. That's what's going to happen. Now, when the Antichrist comes, remember the first... Three and a half years, kind of good. Everything's at peace. And the people go, wow, this guy's amazing. This is fantastic. Deceit, deceit, deceit's coming. But the people don't know it. They're all unbelievers. They just think, wow, this is great, man. Fantastic. Way to go. And one of the things he's going to do, he's going to make a seven-year covenant with the nation of Israel to rebuild the temple. 
and allow them to offer sacrifices again to God, as they did. Remember, the last temple was destroyed in 70 AD, as Jesus predicted. Now, what's going to happen is the Jews are going to go, wow. Remember, they're unbelievers. They go, they're not believers. They're unbelievers. They just go into that tribulation, never accepting Jesus Christ at all, because they didn't believe in him being the Messiah. So they go in and they're going, wow. This guy must be the Messiah. This is fantastic. We get to rebuild our temple. We've never been able to do that because of the Muslims and all the things that are happening. We're so excited about that. But then Jesus tells us the deceptive plan. Jesus not only told us that the temple would be destroyed, not one stone on another, but he tells us this. Look at Matthew 24, 15. So when you see standing in the holy place... The abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Very quickly summarizing, the Antichrist will appear to be that friend of Israel and the world's savior. But at the midpoint of that seven-year treaty, he will suddenly turn against the Jews. He will stop all their sacrifices He will set up an image in the temple in the Holy of Holies, which only a high priest could do once a year. And he will declare to the entire universe, I am God and you must worship me only. Then that will be Satan's final and ultimate attempt to cause the world to worship him. He's been trying to get the world to worship him since the Garden of Eden, actually, since heaven. Now look at what we studied in Thessalonica. Look at this. He, the Antichrist, will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or his worship so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. He goes, yes, I finally succeeded. But here is when in heaven, God says, enough is enough. You ever want to think in this world, wouldn't enough enough just sometimes happen with all the judicial systems, quote, that are all fixed and whatever? When is there going to be some kind of real justice in our world? God says, that's it. It's over with. Now, Here's what happens. The final abomination will bring the desolation of the whole earth as God will now, starting here, pour out his judgment and wrath and the next three and a half years change from the tribulation to the great tribulation. Remember, we're in the present church age right now. When the Pentecost started, Jesus, right after the cross, we have the church age. There's a rapture. All believers are gone. That's why no believers go into the tribulation. We're all gone. And here's the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. First is not too bad for the people that are here, but here comes the great tribulation. And look right at the top. Why? Because of the desecration of the holy temple. Now, later on, we'll talk about this another week, millennial, eternity, and all of that, and the return of Christ. We're going to do it at kind of a quick summary as we do that. But understand what's happening right here. At that point, the Jewish people go, "Uh uh-oh, we missed the first real Messiah. We've been deceived again. They can't worship. There's no idol. The man says he's God. And they knew that was not Jesus. So 
immediately Satan begins to kill Jews and Gentiles. See, there's only two kinds of people in the world, Jews and Gentiles. He begins to kill them because he knows there's going to be spiritual warfare against him. Now, turn in your Bibles to Revelation 6. Just open your Bible. If you're using it at a fan, one of you use it at a fan, let the other person read it for you, okay? <laughs> Revelation 6.1. As I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals, and I'll explain that in a moment, then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come. So Jesus breaks each seal. And that seal in the scroll was basically the deed for the earth, the ownership of the earth. And you'll hear, if you go back to the teaching last week, all that happened in that. They found somebody, and of course, Jesus was able to open that scroll. Now, here's what you see. Jesus breaks each seal, there's seven of them, which sets in motion God's judgment on the earth. And we'll begin to see the demonstration of God's righteous judgment on a wicked world that continues, even to this point, to submit and receive Jesus as their Savior. Now, remember, God is a God of love, but he's also a God of judgment because he is holy and justice demands it. That's why he said, that's enough. There aren't two gods. There's only one God. And he says, that's enough. I'm the true God. Now, Then Jesus, way back in Matthew, says to us how horrible these next three and a half years are going to be. Matthew 24, 21. For then there will be a great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive but for the sake of the elect those days would be shortened. Now, let me show you what's coming. This is an overview of what will take place during the tribulation. There's seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls of wrath. And you can go online and just follow that through. These are all God's judgments. And when the seals are done, the trumpets start, the trumpets are done, the bowls start. And that is what you're going to see. Now, what does that look like physically on the earth. Well, here's the next thing. I'll show you two of them to start, actually three. When these seals are opening, here's what you'll see on the earth. Warfare, bloodshed, widespread famine, plagues of all kind, cosmic terrestrial disturbances, including earthquakes. And look at this, stars falling from the sky to the earth. Next, here's a personal thing. Many people you see in a moment will become Christians, Jews and Gentiles during this time. But by and large, they're going to be martyred for Jesus Christ. Here's some more. 125 pound hailstones. Can you imagine that? 125 pounds, how the people will be killed. The sea and the rivers are turned into what? Blood. The most valuable thing that we need to live is water. All the major cities of the earth are destroyed. Now, we just saw some of the Bahama Islands destroyed. Picture all the major cities, millions and millions and millions of people in every city, totally destroyed. Just put that picture in your mind. 
Now, when that happens, any people dying? All over the place. There you go. Here's another one. An army of demons torment men for five months. And they cannot die. They try to commit suicide. They cannot die. God stops it. Here's the big one that you and I can't even comprehend. The Bible tells us about two-thirds of the earth's population will be killed during the tribulation. As I'm reading, though, anybody want to be there? Is there a way that you can make sure you're not there? Only one way. Turn your light to Jesus Christ. There's no other way. You can't get there. There's only one way to get there. And see, you'll see later, that's why we have to be on mission. The world doesn't understand what's coming. They think it's going to be fine. See, they're deceived. That's what Satan does. And they're not interested in God here. But the only way to avoid that is become a believer or choose Jesus during that time. (laughs) Much easier now than ever in the future. Pastor Mark, is there any good news during the Great Tribulation? Is there any good news? Yes. The air conditioning works. No, I'm just, it's getting cooler. Can you notice? Praise the Lord. The guys, we prayed for the guys that are out there working on it. Amen? Yes, there is. Look at Revelation 6, 17. For the great day of their wrath, all unbelievers, has come, and who can stand? Basically, they're asking, can anybody survive during the tribulation? And the answer is, Yes. There is good news. It doesn't look like it, but there is. Here is a summary, a quick summary of why there's good news. There will be good news during the worst time on the earth. There will be good news during the worst times that the earth has ever seen. There will still be good news. You see, God's a good, good father. He's going to offer grace in spite of the wrath. Next, the greatest worldwide revival will happen during the tribulation. Is that amazing? The greatest worldwide revival ever seen will happen during those seven years. And here's how God's going to do it. Do you know what God does? He normally just uses people. How do you become a believer? Somebody shared it with you. You went to church and heard a person speak to you. Of course, I can't make you a believer but I can teach you the word of God, then you have to make the choice. But look what he's going to use. Mostly people, and then some supernatural things through the people. He will use Jewish witnesses. He will use two special prophets that are already in heaven. He will use an angelic witness. An angel will go throughout the world. And Gentile converts to share the gospel. There's the four ways God has in mind to make sure that people can come to the Lord. Now, before the seventh seal is opened, we see something amazing. It's the last seal. God's planned revival breaks out in the earth in the midst of the wrath. It's kind of a mixture. Wrath is going on, and God's grace is happening. The revival is breaking out. You're right in Revelation. Look to chapter 7, verse 4. Turn in your Bible. It's important you have a Bible and you look at the Bible and see what's talking. Now, again, 
So you'll understand, I'm not doing the book of Revelation all the way to the end. I'm doing a kind of an overview because it fits in with Second Thessalonians where we've been happening. Really, I was only going to do the first week I did way back. But as I prayed with God, he said, no, you got to give him a little more sampling of what's happening. Are you guys enjoying the Revelation thing? Is it okay? Okay. So again, to go through it takes me like a year. So we're not going to do that. You know why I'm not going to do a year? Because we're not going to be here anyway. Hallelujah. But you need to know what's going to happen because we need to be sharing the gospel with our lost people. All right. Now, look at verse 4, chapter 7. Then I heard the number of those who were, interesting word for you to circle, sealed 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. Verse 4 tells us that there's going to be 144,000 Jews from the 12 tribes of Israel converted to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. There's some religions, some denominations, say that when the church started, God is through with the Jewish people. Wrong. Hello, Jesus is Jewish. (laughs) God's nation is Jewish. Of course not. They argue with it in Romans 9, 10, 11. I'm not going there. Don't worry about it. You already see here, that's not true at all. They're his people. Now, what happens? They are converted and then sealed by God. What does sealed by God mean? Sealed means ownership. God will not allow those 144,000 to be killed from the wrath or the Antichrist. He will not allow it. He will keep them alive. Now look at this, chapter 14. Then I looked, and there before me was the Lamb, sitting on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Now you want something on your foreheads? That's what you want on your forehead, okay? Now, God wants these Jewish believers to do one thing, to share the gospel of Christ all over the earth. God will protect them, and allow them to accomplish their mission. Remember, this will be the first time that the Jewish nation did what God designed them to do. When God designed the Jewish nation in the Old Testament, it was to go to all the pagan nations and say, no, there's not millions of pagan gods. There's one true God. And what did they do? They failed, they failed, they failed, they failed, and they failed. And what did they do? Start worshiping pagan gods. This is the first time the Jewish nation fulfilled the plan that they were given. So they're going to go and be witnesses in a nation that is filled with nothing but unbelievers now. Now, think about this for me. Why did they become believers? Because they saw the deception from the Antichrist, and their hearts were opened by God, and they made a choice. Now, he just didn't say, you're going to be. You have to accept Jesus Christ, and they accepted the one that they missed the first time. After Pentecost, remember Pentecost in the upper room? There was 120 spirit-filled Jews who turned the world upside down in their time, Rome and Turkey and all that. They turned the world upside down to Jesus Christ in less than 30 years, 120 Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now at calvaryccm.com. We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. 
During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church online. The church isn't the building, it's the people who, despite whatever obstacles are in their way, still worship Jesus and praise His name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com forward slash live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we are constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. Would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living. Hear your